Brother Rodney Fuller, while we're standing, bring us the word. Say, Brother Rodney, if you'll stay in the truth, I'll help you. Amen. God bless you. So, if, first of all, y'all can be seated. Um, if you've not been in this position before, you know, it's going to be hard to believe uh, that time is not your friend. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Brother Brian uh, had to bump up against my time. I've got a 15-minute buffer at the end of this. <laughs> I ain't scared. Uh, when, when I first uh, started doing public speaking, my first speech class, we had to get up to the fr uh, up at the front of the classroom, just, you know, 20 classmates, and give a five-minute speech. And we had a week to prepare that five-minute speech. And after I gave my first speech, I had like four and a half minutes left. <laughs> like, holy smokes. Uh, so it, up here, when you, when you get 22 minutes, uh, it, it feels like it's about a minute and a half gone. So we're going to just dive right into this. Uh, you, you made me nervous a little bit. You, you went over to Luke 10, and that's one of my chapters, but you stayed out of my verses. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of months back, Scott Meeks was here, and he preached, and he pulled up my main scripture. God, God had laid this message on my heart uh, a few months ago, and I've just been waiting to, <laughs> waiting to deliver it. And uh, he got up, and he read, <laughs> he read my, uh, my main uh, scripture, and uh, then he, he followed up with some other things. I was like, oh, man, this man is preaching my message. <laughs> I'm going to have to get up there and tackle him or something. <laughs> but he stared, he stared around it, and, uh, and, and we got through that. So we're going to dive in. And like I usually do, we're going to do a little bit of a history lesson, and then we'll get into some, I'm going to call it preaching. My daughter asked me last night, I said, hey, what are you preaching on? And I said, well, you know how preachers are. <laughs> I'm going to be preaching on the platform. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh you got the uh the israelites and they've been slaves in egypt for 400 years and god talks to moses and he, he talks into moses and you know the story how he put the plagues on egypt and finally moses led the israelites out and there are many many miracles that happened on the way out of uh, out of egypt and then the israelites get to the promised land and they anger God by, by doubting him, by disobeying him. And so God banishes them to 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And all the adults died off. Anybody who was uh, 20, years older, 20 years or older died in the wilderness while we're waiting on the chance to get back in the promised land. So you got all these, all these uh, what were kids, now will be up to 60 years old and younger is what the Israelite nation is made of right now. And so they have, uh, Moses has died because he also disobeyed God and acted out of anger. And so God told him, look, you're not going in either. And so Moses has died. He's passed the torch to Joshua. And Joshua now is the leader of this nation. And he takes them into the promised land. And the first place that he takes them to is Jericho. And we all know the story of Jericho, how they marched around, the walls fell down, they went in, they took care of business. And then they went to another town, and I don't know how to say it, it's, it's AI. Uh, to me, that looks like artificial intelligence, but anyway, uh, this little town of AI, and they kill everybody there according to God's will and God's purpose. And so then we have the, uh, the Gibeonites, not to be confused with Gideon, but Gibeonites, 
uh, found out that, hey, these, these people are coming in and they are getting rid of everybody who is not God's people in this area. So they fooled the Israelites and they, they made them uh, think that they weren't from anywhere near there. And you can read that story later on your own. And they made a, com- a, a, a covenant with them where they would be their slaves for the rest of, uh, rest of time. And so the whole land is hearing about this. And as you can imagine, everybody is really scared. And they've got this huge nation coming in here. They're taking up everything that they come to. They're killing everything in their way. You know, we're talking scorched earth policy here. And um, they're scared. And so uh, the king of actually what, what is now Jerusalem got with four other kings and said, hey, alone, we're going to fall. Together, we stand a chance. So the five kings got together, and they came against Israel. And God was with Israel, and they smacked them, all right? And so as they're chasing them around, these, these five kings hid in a cave. And Joshua told everybody, said, hey, just wall up that cave, put some rocks in front of that. We'll deal with those guys later. And then they went and followed them, and, and they smote the enemy from behind as they're, as they're running. And so several miracles, several of the big miracles that we talk about happened during this time while these kings were locked in the cage, locked in the cave. Uh, one of them that we don't ever really talk about is as this army was fleeing, God made it hail on them, huge hailstones. And the Bible says that more were killed by the hailstones than were by the army of Israel. Uh, and then the, the other one where God made the day last longer so they would be able to kill them longer to take care of business. And so then after they had taken care of business, Joshua comes back to the cave where these five kings were hidden. And he pulls them out. And this is where we're going to start, uh, start talking a little bit here. So if, Joshua 10, 22 through 25. Then said Joshua... Open the mouth of the cave and bring out those five kings unto me out of the cave. And they did so and brought forth those five kings unto him out of the cave. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon. And it came to pass when they brought out those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said unto the captains of the men of war, which went with him, come near. Put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near and put their feet upon the necks of them. And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom you fight. And so something about kings uh, that, that we don't know because we don't deal with this in our society, in our culture, you know, when, when we meet somebody who's like the, the CEO of a major corporation, we're like, oh, look, I, I met Lee Iacocca. And, you know, you're all important. Had dinner with him. And God forbid we, we meet uh, the president, even, even the current one. I guarantee you every one of us would be like, holy smokes. I had lunch with Joe Biden the other day, even though we don't like him. <laughs> or we may love him. I don't know. <laughs> but you would be like, I had lunch with the president. But they're still just dudes. I mean, they're still, they're still uh, just normal people that have been elevated to a higher sense. Kings were not that way. Kings were born into it. You know, my daddy's 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 daddy was a king. And then before him, you know, there was this other king. But my daddy's 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 daddy killed him. And then he became king. And so I'm special. It, it followed down. 
it was ordained of a higher power that you have a king. So kings were sovereign. And what sovereign means is what they said goes. It didn't matter if it was the law or against the law or whatever. Whatever the king said was the law. And so even other people's kings were a special thing. And you just they, they were different types of people. They were almost gods. And so people were scared of them. People, people put them on a different level, on a different plane. And so when Joshua had the people come and put their necks on those kings, he was letting them know that, hey, it don't matter how big they are. It don't matter what their title is. It don't matter what's going on. With God, you've got victory. Okay? And so then I, I bring that to you. What are the kings in your life? What is it that you're struggling with? It's so big that there's just a huge thing, and you know that you can't touch it. You know you can't be anything about it. Is there a drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, maybe some perversion, depression, fear, loneliness? You got bad finances. You got problems on the job. You got health problems. You got relationship issues. Any of those things, <laughs> they're just a king. They're just something that God will have you have, be able to put your foot on it. They seem huge. They seem untouchable. They seem like you can't do anything with it. But with God... That thing is under your feet, and you just have to choose to put it under your feet. So, uh, Brother Brian, uh, over in Luke 10, <laughs> chapter, uh, verse 19, this is Jesus speaking, and it's in the red letters. You know, I don't know about y'all, but when I read the red ones, I, I give it a little bit more weight than, than the rest of the, the black letters. So it says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So God tells us, Jesus, the, the head of the church, our Savior, tells us, You've got the power. You've got this. It doesn't matter what it is. You have power over this. You can step on it. You can, you can crush it under your feet. It doesn't matter how big it seems to you. And then I'm going to tell you Brother David's favorite verse in the Bible, Romans 8 and 31, if any of you know that one. So what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And I'm going to not just say who can be against us, but what can be against us? Nothing can come against us as God, as God is on our side. We have, we have carte blanche to do whatever it is that we want to do, whatever it is that we need to do. God is on our side, and nothing can stand up to us. Then there's a, um, there's a psalm that I like that, that has, uh, has really brought this home to me about deliverance. Because <laughs> let me tell you, I had a couple of kings to overcome. And, and when I came in here and I hit my knees, uh, <laughs> my feet fell on some necks. Let me tell you. <laughs> It, it was a, it's an amazing thing when, when you see this in your own life. But Psalms 18, 16 through 19. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me. For they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. And so, man, that's, that's just so personal to me 
that that God speaks to me. He speaks to each one of us. He tells us, like, hey, it don't matter how big it is. It don't matter if it's, let's say we get the big, the big cancer uh, verdict in our life or we, we have something big coming down. We're about to get fired or whatever it is. It don't matter. If it's God's will, he is going to take care of that for you. All you have to do is submit to him and have that relationship with him and let him, you've got to let God take care of these things for you. It's, you know, you've you got to invite him and say, look, God, <laughs> this is all I can do. I've, I've reached the end of my rope. <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore. God, will you, I'm giving you control of this. You know, and I, and I don't have the, the, uh, the citation here, but the Bible tells us, cast your cares on God because he cares for you. So to me, that tells me, hey, God, you've got problems. I don't have any problems because I'm giving these to you. You know, with my kids, when they were, when they were younger, and, and to some extent even now, you know, they got a, they got a big problem. You know, cars broke, uh, homework's broke, computers broke, whatever. Uh, Dad, uh, my car's broke. And then they don't have a problem anymore. <laughs> So now i got to figure out, okay, what do I do about this car? Well, that's the way God is with us. God, my life is broke. Here you go. And, uh, and God's like, okay, I got this. And, you know, our, our little problems, uh, you know, even though they're huge to us, we're just babes. Uh, it doesn't matter how old we are if we're, if we're at, the, at the way almost expired end of the spectrum <laughs> or we're down here at the fresh end. Um, we're still just babes as far as what God is looking at, okay? And so if you can remember when your three-year-old came to you and they were just crying because the wheel fell off of their truck or their doll's arm came off or whatever, and they're just crying, it has ruined their day, and it's just the biggest thing in their life, and you just take it and say, oh, it's going to be okay, baby, and you snap that wheel back on or you snap that arm back on. That's the way God sees your insurmountable problems. <laughs> When you come to God and say, God, I've got cancer, he's like, oh, it's okay, baby, and he can just pick it up and fix it, and it's no big deal for him. And so, you know, as, as we age, we can see that these, these things that, that our kids think are just huge are not that big, and we're just God's kids. We're, we're his kids. And so you have, to, you have to have that relationship with him. So if, if somebody is in here and doesn't have that relationship, I invite you today to develop that relationship with God. Give your life to God. Invite him to be your personal savior. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's a relationship. If he's not your personal savior, then he's not, he's not really your savior because Jesus is for me. Uh, I had a friend that came here a few, a few months back, and he gave me a hat, and it says, we're all God's children, but I'm his favorite. <laughs> and so... So I believe that. I'm God's favorite. He has done so many things for me. I started writing down every time that God answered a prayer that I knew about. And I've got quite a few entries in a book. And some of them are just silly. You know, like my toenails stopped hurting. <laughs> you know, and, and some of them are actually big things. Some of them are major things. Some of them are things that uh, have an impact on my life and have an impact on other people's lives as well. So there is a... There is a Christian group. Uh, they've been around forever. They've been around over 50 years, a, a gospel singing group, a quartet. 
uh, called the Imperials. And they had a couple of guys write a song for them. Uh, Brown Bannister and Mike Hudson wrote this, and then the Imperials made it famous. And so I'm just going to read you the lyrics because these lyrics give you the key, give you the answer. I think somebody preached a message uh, a few weeks back called something about the password. The password is. Was that here? <laughs> okay. So this is the password. So I'm, I'm going to do you all a favor. I'm not going to sing this. I'm going to read it to you. Although in my heart I'm singing because <laughs> I've been listening to this for the last couple of days. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams and your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears, don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord, for our God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord, for the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise him. And then we go into the second verse. Now Satan is a liar, and he wants to make us think that we are paupers when he knows himself we're children of the king. So lift up the mighty shield of faith, for the battle must be won. We know that Jesus Christ has risen, so the work's already done. Praise the Lord. So then we go through that chorus again. Praise the Lord, because he can work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord. And the things that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise him. So let's do that now. Let's stand up and give, give God 30 seconds of praise. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you that you take care of everything for us. That when I have a problem, that all I have to do is say, God, you have a problem. You've got to take care of this for me. And I love you, Jesus, and I praise you. I worship you. I thank you with all of my heart. God, I submit my life to you. I give you my all, God. Use me. Work through me, God. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this church and this service, God. God, I pray that every person here takes what they need from everything that we do today. God, I pray that nobody goes home in the same state that they came in. I love you, Jesus. All right. Well, thank you for playing. And uh, we're going to have an awesome 11 o'clock service. And we're going to just worship God and have a great time. Thank you, guys.